black people don't read. Black Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Mohammed Imam, joined by my co-host, Shamaki. Um, today we've got some very special guests on, and I've been talking about them for quite a while. I think within the first five episodes of the Inspire podcast, mm. I was saying, yeah, I've got found a decent little podcast, you know, a <laughs> couple yeah, guys. Right, <laughs> yeah, ask, ask Shavaki, like, I've, I've actually been uh, yeah. saying, yeah, man, you guys better listen to this. <laughs> well, shut up about us. For a long time. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mine, nice, I was all right. Yeah, yeah man. Mine, when I was listening to that podcast and I heard them mention my name, I was like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we um, have the Mind House podcast and I've mentioned them a few times. Uh, it's Amin and Mohammed. Uh, do you guys say your names or? You guys, you, you say your name, but do you say Akhi too? Yeah, I, I sometimes say Akhi too. Right. Only because so, I brought it back. I've what, been away for a while. So, <laughs> what, what, what do you prefer then? I'm joking. The out, the out, he's calling me because there's two Muhammads. We're gonna get yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People just call me Imam. Oh, oh okay. So yeah, we got the Mind House podcast on. Um, I've been meaning to to get an episode in with you guys for a while. Yeah. Um, I think you guys do really interesting things. Um, so without further ado, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves, what you do, um, what the podcast is about. Mm. Uh, yeah, just keep it short and brief and non-violent because we'll get onto that. <laughs> <Violent>. well. <laughs> Mohammed, um, Mind Heist podcast. When did we start Mind Heist? Probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, it feels like on uh, episode forty-two or one, we've yeah. reached. I mean, we so, should be on much more, but we're yeah. not as consistent as everyone else. But, um, I don't know what you just did. <laughs> I, I was giving you a round of applause there. I thought you were singing it with something. I thought it was like, oh, we're running yeah. out of time. Uh, already? Um, yeah, I mean, we just focus on uh, different topics. You can, ideally, we're not, we don't like to be sensationalist. We don't like to jump on current events too much. Yeah. We like to backtrack on it. So you should be able to go on the list of episodes mm. and be like, oh, actually, I'm interested in that topic. Let's go into that. And uh, we appreciate getting feedback and then retreading steps to sort of incorporate what our what feedback we've gotten mm. and maybe change our ideas and change our thoughts on certain things. Mm. Have you ever listened back to your old episodes then? Uh, if I have time, sometimes I do. No. I just listen to it the day it comes out and that's it pretty much. You actually listen to it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you did too. I edit it. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't so you, really listen oh, you, you listen while you edit, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sort of okay. Bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's I, funny because um, when, when I found uh, when I found your podcast, I don't know how I found it, but um, it was like eight episodes up. I think it was like oh, really? eight or nine mm. at that point. Where it sound, if, I felt like you guys sounded like you've been doing it for years. Like oh really? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought like oh, maybe they had a podcast before and then. We've both had experience with re- recording mediums yeah. and, and yeah, camera true. work and yeah. stuff like that. So I think it yeah. came naturally, really. Yeah, yeah, and your yeah. relationship also sounded really natural as well. Like, I mm. think me and Shmagi had a... Because we've known each other for years, so we, we had a pretty natural back and forth yeah. as well when mm. we st- first started. But we were quite nervous when we first started as well. So, yeah. But we've grown into it. And did that, so did that. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I, I just felt like you guys knew each other for years. And <laughs> no. Mm. I mean, this is the second time... This is the second time they met. Second time they met. Yeah. Nice crossover fans that are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you guys, like, meet? Was it, like, internet? Or it was half through internet, half through another guy I know. Okay. And why... We just... We how, we how said you, a year. Did you, how did you click? A year before, because we're both North African, both okay. what else? Same, similar age group. Uh, we're into creative stuff, I suppose, media or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess that was about it. 
I don't think we thought too deeply about it when we were starting. Uh, but we, what, what, the reason I wanted to start it, I, I wanted to do a podcast. I thought, why should I even have a voice? Now, you need a reason. You don't just talk for the sake of it. Yeah. So I was thinking... Um, That's something that I want to talk I about. I think well. we often, this guy and me, we both have sometimes different opinions to mainstream. So I thought, that's my justification to even have a podcast. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. But, but Mohammed, you, you listen to the podcast, right? So yeah. how would you describe... So because I, I struggle to even define like what it's about. So what do you think it's about I as a listener? I think it's just life advice as a Muslim that's kind of uh, raised in the West and mm. um, is trying to navigate that, that, mm. that um, I don't know, how, how it's environment. Mm. And um, for young people and people, I'll say to... Yeah, young people and upwards, to be honest. Let's say like late teenagers... Mm. So upwards, um, I feel like you guys give a lot of good life advice and mm. just your observations and evaluations about things you've been through. Mm. Um, so I asked you to introduce yourself, and now you're asking me to do it for you. But I think yeah, that's that's why I kind of resonate with you guys because um, I I just find that really interesting mm. um, as someone that's developing myself. Um, I, I feel like I have a lot of similar ideas and yeah. mm. um, values as you guys, mm. so yeah, I just I just really enjoyed it, and yeah, um, that's that's what I like to be honest because I don't think we set our perspectives in stone. Yeah. We also talk about trying to find us. We're not saying yeah, oh everyone not, listening, you need you guys need to do this mm. and you'll succeed. Yeah. We're just sort of you're not saying you're teachers of this. Field, yeah, I don't yeah, want to be yeah, that. No. Masters or whatever. So yeah, so yeah, but um, yeah. I feel like you guys give mm. a lot of also. Mm. You have a very measured turn between you guys, both of you. Oh, right. um, mm. and that's, I think that's a, a very valuable trait. Um, and I feel like that's a voice that can be heard easily and people will trust it. Mm. So uh, um, that's how I'm also trying to be like. Mm. And it's, it's one of the things that I want to talk about um, when we talk about the book. Um, mm. So the book we're going to read, we read this week. Well, um, I didn't finish it, I'll be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it's called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. Yes, PhD, I got that right. But yeah, um, PhD. <laughs> PhD. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a really interesting book. Um, sadly, the author passed away, I think, a few years back. Oh, did he? Oh, really? oh, did he? Yeah, he oh, passed right. away. I was actually going to ask you when was it written and is he alive? Because I, I never looked that up. Um, okay. Usually we come up with our, with our facts mm. over there. But it's yeah. quite. Uh, I think it's a bit of an old book, right? Maybe eighties, uh, nineties. I don't. Know. Let me see. Nonviolent communication. I'm just quickly, quickly Google it. This one. Are you guys going to edit this part out? <laughs> no, I'm not. Keep it, keep it natural, yeah. Keep it natural. Mate, I hear you guys browsing through your, <laughs> through your podcast. Oh, well. yeah, we have questions. Non-right communication. You know when I um, first Googled his name, these are the first pictures that popped up. Oh, like, oh is that him, yeah? Yeah, that's him. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I watched session. a few of his You see, I didn't stuff. look at the picture. I want to judge him, innit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this book teaches us all about judgment. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah um, so let's just get into the topic because um, we, we're going to talk about um, the other thing as well, which is self-help books and my original dispute with that. Okay. Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. I, like that. I, I publicly advertised that opinion <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, generally, I, I, try, I try to avoid them, but we'll talk about that later. But, mm. um, yeah, we had a selection of books we had to choose from and... I ended up just saying, uh, this actually it sounds really interesting. I think mm. communications, something that's a key to to conducting yourselves and keeping good relationships, and I feel like that's probably ninety percent of our <laughs> of our day to day lives, like just yeah. communicating with each other, making decisions based on our social interactions, mm. and that's how you progress in life. And if you 
don't have good skills in that regard, then you're going to have troubles, I think. So, yeah. Um, so I just want to start with, like, how did, in terms of, like, um, how you guys were raised up, how do you guys feel, like, being comfortable around speaking to adults or things like mm. that? So mm. I, can give, I can start for myself, for example. Mm. Um, I was really nervous and shy throughout my whole teenage years. And now in my early 20s, I've kind of grew, grown out of that, like, consciously, because I've realized, like, that's a really bad trait to have. But I feel like as a Muslim as well, that's, um, one thing is... Speak unless you're speak if you have something valuable to say or don't speak mm. at all. Mm. And also um, in our culture, the adults like generally, if you're sitting around them, they'll be like, "Yeah, just be quiet. We don't hear anything from you." Mm. Um, and nowadays, I feel like yeah, that was a really bad thing to do. Mm. <laughs> but they're kind of trying to imbibe that value of speak if you have something valuable to say. But I feel like it's to an extreme. Mm. Um, and then like there's a few things that he was also talking about how his daughter um, also felt like she like didn't want to. Um, make people's impression of her bad, so she just tried to keep quiet. Or whatever. Oh yeah. So and I was like that myself. So mm. I don't know. What were you guys like experiences in that regard? Hmm. I'll let him speak because he's been quiet. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he does? He's been doing this for a while. Yeah. He'll he'll like open the floor to like everyone. They're like, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I'll say it was a bit different for me in the sense that uh, the way like my mom and dad did it. Mm. Uh, like from a young age they sort of like valued like my opinion and like really? on, yeah they, they, i don't know why i, don't, <laughs> I was uh, i had no reason to have my yeah, value calm, yeah, <laughs> it was and then um like whenever like they'll be making like certain decisions or whatnot they'll actually like solving sort of yeah and then like the things that i would say they wouldn't like dismiss it or be like oh you're a kid or whatnot they'll just mm. be like oh you know what yeah we'll consider yeah. yeah so then that kind like of from what age like from early like seven eight oh, like whoa yeah yeah okay uh, um, when i go to his, yards, his, his house every now and then um i noticed that as well I, like from a young age i was like yeah what the hell is going on here <laughs> <laughs> so i'm cold to shock yeah, nah, yeah. Like, you shouldn't be talking to your mom like that <laughs> 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 i didn't say nothing of course <laughs> but uh like it was very like you, there wasn't this like straight type of like oh Direct. I'm the parent you're the kid like that's it wherever yeah, I say yeah. it goes like they would always like sort of open the floor up to things like oh this is what we're gonna do is it so because of that like I sort of I don't know subconsciously with adults thought you know what maybe my opinion one or can sit mm. with mm. with that so where my parents started like giving me that outlet as well but I just found it like sh- I was like why, scary, yeah. why do you want my opinion yeah. <laughs> yeah. and like I never really like, even to not till now I feel like I, I struggle to communicate with them like openly like that so I, I don't know man. like sometimes I'm just like why aren't you talking to us as, as much as you should be yeah. and I'm like, like I don't say it to them but in my head I'm like you guys never ask me to talk yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. my younger siblings they talk a lot more to them more openly and I'm like the it's funny, like the generational difference is it's yeah. huge. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's just my experience. Mm. Uh, what about you guys? Mm. You know, when I'm, I was thinking about how I was raised in in terms of like speaking up or not, mm. I think it's kind of half half. So I remember from a young age, um, my mom always made me read a lot. So I think reading is what gave me um, the communication skills I have today. Like 80% of it is from reading at a young age. Really? Yeah. And uh, I remember even, uh, you know, like in school, primary school, you do plays and stuff. Yeah. I remember being the narrator. Okay. I, 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 don't, I, never, I never actually yeah. understood why, but I guess because I speak clearly or something. Yeah. So 
or something. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so um, something. So that was like the the positive side. But then I had I did have a big kind of lack of confidence growing up. I think it's because, you know, I used to visit family uh, back home in Algeria, and my language wasn't so strong. So I kind of learned to just to be a bit quiet. Um, and I guess my dad's opinion was way more powerful than mine in terms of like the opposite of what you're saying, Shamaki. Yeah. yeah? yeah, yeah. So. So I got that two things. On one side, it's like I was good at it, but then I was like, don't use it. Yeah. And it was only later in life I started to use it more and more. And uh, yeah. I remember in the last episode, you guys were talking about you were looking for a third, third culture kid word for a long, oh, yeah, for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, that's another factor because like, mm. my younger siblings, they don't attempt to speak my parents' languages at all. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I like give it a good go, but it's still not strong in it. So... Mm. Um, and then that's like a, that also leads to a lack of confidence as well because I'm like yeah I can't really communicate with them as strongly as I would like to but my younger siblings just speak English just straight out and yeah, my parents yeah. are responding in English like mm. no problem yeah. they? like they fully understand each other yeah. so then they got, they got confidence in yeah that, so. that gives you an advantage yeah. when communicating obviously yeah so so how would you raise your kids though would you let them speak English or oh gonna... that's difficult like my son at the moment <laughs> he's he's only two and he's speaking mostly. I mean, I suppose he's speaking mostly English, whatever words he does pick up. But I've, I've just put him into nursery mm. and I'm trying to think, OK, maybe they can teach him English and then we can start speaking a bit more Arabic. And then he can he will then know a bit of a, you know, a, a distinction between when he's at home, he can speak Arabic yeah. and when he's out. Because that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. When he is out there, he's going to be speaking English, no yeah, doubt. No, regardless. So um, I'm trying to do that. But the problem is me and my wife have different dialects of Arabic and the Arabic he's going to learn from us isn't going to be Arabic that's going to really take him anywhere yeah. because yeah. it's not going to make sense to, to you know general public. It, it'll make sense to us. Yeah. Um, so I think you can't neglect the official you know reading and writing and the studying of Arabic regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so going back to what you guys were saying, um, um, knowing when to speak and, and, and with elders and stuff, I think it depends. Like My mum was very open and supportive of my opinion and stuff like that uh, so I could speak with her freely and then with my dad what he said was, even though he'd, he'd approach it with advice and yeah. he'd consider that he's just advising me that just felt like an order yeah. so his advice is an order so yeah. I'd, I would never ch- I'd never really feel comfortable challenging it I'd get severe anxiety if I had to I think now yeah. that I've grown up a bit and I've, I've left the nest I have I, I see his advice as orders but I don't I don't get the anxiety anymore because I understand that that's his way of advising. Yeah. Like his way of advising is telling me you need to do this yeah. and I appreciate that yeah. and I'll move on or, I'll, you know, I might agree, I might disagree, but I'm old enough to sort of see that difference mm. as opposed to when you're younger, you think, oh my God, the, my world's going to end because if I don't do what he says, yeah, everything's yeah, over. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's funny because literally, I would say within the last six months, uh, I probably transitioned from that like high level of anxiety mm. if he if, if he advised me to do something but I don't really like it yeah. and then I'll, I'll do it regardless yeah. and then um, I've been making a lot more like even yesterday I've been moving, moving houses recently mm. um, and I was dis- I was disassembling a desk and the car that I was moving it into was parked in the driveway and he came uh, to put his car into the driveway but I was blocking him and then he was like yeah just get a move on with it like, yeah. and, um, <laughs> come just put it in my car and I was like nah, let me just let me just finish what I'm doing and yeah. just relax. It's not gonna be a big deal. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah, he's actually kind of respecting me in that regard there as well. You go. So, was yeah. your heart racing when he said it? Was <laughs> 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 well, it? important. Like, so what's what's what the author speaks about in this book um, a lot is about empathy. The yeah, whole, yeah. I think that's the core, isn't it? Yeah. About how um, 
if you're if you are translating your empathy towards someone or to someone so they understand how you're feeling yeah then that way they're more likely to do what you want because they sort of feel what you feel mm-hmm. um but the the thing is with my opinion at least when when he's talking about it he's talking about it in the moment how your discourse translate yeah. Yeah. translates that yeah. whilst like i said just now about my father it wasn't his discourse that translated it i think it was just years and years of experiences yeah. where i started treading the same steps that he did yeah. that i started understanding oh that's why he thinks like that because you know like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. as you grow you start experiencing the things your parents did and now as i'm a father and i have you know full-time work and all these other responsibilities and I've got bills to pay and stuff like oh those are the pressures he was feeling now I know why he felt and said the things he did now I can actually empathize with him and now I can understand why he's saying what he's saying Mm -hmm. but I think the author here is trying to fast track that response and do it right in the conversation in that moment yeah which is really important that's a good summary I think I I didn't think of it that way until you said it Mm. that he's trying to fast track fast track empathy basically Mm. but also bro you, you you didn't mention that you, you're walking in the footsteps of your dad, right? Because you're living a similar life to him. You have a similar role in family, yeah. etc., to him. But what about your whatever little sister? You, you mm. may never tread in her footsteps. So this kind of this level of empathy or whatever, like really putting intentionally having empathy, that's going to allow you to understand where she's coming from mm. at least a bit more. Maybe not fully, but mm. yeah. so you, so right off the good, right off the bat, so would you guys say this is think, something that could be possibly like in, introduced into wider society or anything like these ideas um, or do you think it's I think, not possible so when I was reading it I yeah. think or listening to it, it should I say yeah. I was like I told my wife just now as we were driving here yeah. and it sort of stopped and that was the end of it I was like you know what 30-40% of that I think I agree with I think yeah. it's realistic I think 60% of it isn't only because of the, the way he speaks so he has this thing about uh, telling the opposite mm. person the being very need. direct yeah, yeah like yeah. I have a need for XYZ yeah. people yeah. don't speak like that yeah. 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 You know, yeah. people really don't speak like that and I was trying yeah. really hard to say okay how could I modernise that and make mm. it realistic Yeah, how, how would I actually translate that to someone mm. oh please don't do that because I need I have a need for this and I have mm. a need for happiness and I thought, oh, it's really difficult. You know, I think the anxiety of trying to word that and not looking like yeah. a fool is too much. Bro, you're not cracked me up. Yeah, when he says, I am wanting you. To oh, yeah. so I, I am wanting you to stop that. You, you, <laughs> that you read the Kindle book, innit? So yeah. it would have been, I think it would have been funny in his voice because really? he's got that really, oh, yeah. I am wanting you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that I tried, to, voice. I tried to use, oh, God, me and my wife had a bit of a disagreement on the drive here yeah. and I tried to use some of it. Okay. And she goes, don't you dare start using yeah. that. Yeah. with me. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, fine. That, that's what he says in the book. He says, uh, uh, "Don't." He says people might react to you saying, "Don't use that psychology stuff on me." But you think you could do it? You think you could kind of introduce that into your households, though, or families, for example? I feel like if you're, t- bro, let me tell you, yeah, yeah, straight yeah. up, this book, this book. Start saying the bin. Go on. Oh no. No, no. This book actually. Okay, it's fresh, okay? I just finished it, so I'm a bit excited. But for me, it, it actually has gone to the top 10 books, ton, top 10 of my books, like in my, my kind of favorite books. Um, and like I've read probably two two other like communication books, um, and I've read obviously a ton of like self-help kind of whatever books. And uh, yeah, I put this in the top 10. Not because though, like I agree with what Muhammad's saying is that it's it might be hard to implement. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you might want to make you might want to take these ideas and rewrite it into a more practical, maybe more consumable way. But the the actual concepts themselves, I think they're they're very very good. And um, 
I, I already was implementing some of them. I guess I've learned it elsewhere. Some of these things, like for example, a solid uh, example might be um, I'm feeling, for example, I, I, I do try to communicate like that with my wife. Like I feel this way. Like I'm, I try to be direct. I feel frustrated because X happened. Like, so I don't go as far as saying I'm, I'm, need, I'm wanting this or I, my need is this. I haven't like gone that far. Um, but just saying that, like expressing um, what I'm feeling and then why it is, uh, I find it really helps. And I kind of try and, uh, I try and model it so my wife also does that. Because, you know, I struggle with understanding her emotions. And yeah. so if, if I kind of give her a template for expressing her emotions, then I can get it. Otherwise, it's all going to be subtle stuff yeah, here and yeah, there. Yeah. So I do think it's pretty practical. But you need to put effort into how am I actually going to... Yeah, obviously consistently doing it, but how am I actually going to implement this? Mm. Because it's like, like, like Muhammad said, you, you can't go up to someone and say, my need of this is not being fulfilled, right? Yeah. It's not natural way yeah, people so speak. Like, but, you, but you just need to translate it into a way that is, sounds more natural, yeah. I think. Yeah. So you need to put effort, though, into do that part. I think for me as well, like I proper enjoyed this book in the sense that, um, like you said, I found it very practical. Obviously, the, like the terms that he would use, like was a bit weird in it. Yeah. But um, the the very like the concept of it, like just understanding someone's like frustrations, and instead of like not taking it like direct on but sort of just finding in between like the yeah, purpose exactly. of like what mm. the actual problem is mm. like the example he gave um where there was these colleagues and they were, when he was asking them about their like employer they were like oh he's got a big mouth or like he talks too much mm. um and then he was like no like what is like the actual problem yeah, yeah. um so because obviously if you say to someone oh you talk too much mm. that person like quickly gets defensive yeah. but if you tell him um, like we've got like a curfew at a certain time and you tend to go on like 15 minutes more than usual mm. and we don't like that mm. then that person's like oh you know what mm. I'll consider mm. that so mm. I was like oh yeah like that's a instead of like just like just finding ways to actually communicate mm. what you're trying to say without because initially it was a judgment wasn't it yeah initially it was a judgment it was like oh he's full mm. of himself yeah. yeah that person's full of himself and then they broke it down and they broke it down yeah. to like it went from full of himself to he talks too much to well actually it's because because he's speaking too much when the curfews you know get expired yeah. we're spending too much time here exactly I don't think we want to do so yeah yeah it's getting to that and obviously the other person will understand it in the final form instead of like the first form yeah. which I found uh, very interesting in the sense that like I could implement in trying to get things across instead of like trying to go the first way just to take it to the final form like look this is the problem it's because you yeah. do xyz mm. and because i have to do abc that yeah. there's a conflict here it's making it more digestible more if, di you yeah, ju yeah. if you just uh, speak um whatever comes to the end of your tongue you just let that mm. go um you're now forcing them to yeah. break it down and be like oh he means this and he's yeah. not trying to offend me he's trying to you're you're making them do loads of work and yeah, most yeah, people yeah. will not do that work so what the book is basically teaching you to do is do that work before it comes out before your it comes, mouth. Yeah, exactly, basically. just process it already. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just want to quickly talk a bit more about the book itself. So the author, um, Marshall B. Rosenberg, he 
Um, talk a bit about his introduction and things. And so I think he was a professor or a student of some sorts, and um, he was reading a bu- up on a bunch of papers that were to do with um, just communication and communicating without causing aggression or violence or whatever. Um, and he was kind of contemplating the idea of like why why is there always some kind of necessary uh, unnecessary tension when you're talking to people? And so he wanted to kind of explore that, and that's how he eventually um, came on his um, ideology of non-violent communication. So he calls it NVC. And, yeah, he, he gives, like, a, hundreds of case studies in this book, like, oh, just yeah. things like, yeah. like, like, like examples of how it's worked and how he's done it. And um, I don't know if it's in the audio book, but he also gives um, exercises where he's, like, he gives 10 examples of certain things, yeah. and then he asks you if so then he gives the answers after and he's like oh i'm, I'm in agreement with you on that or yeah. i'm in disagreement yeah, with you yeah, on that yeah. i think he did yeah in the yeah, audio book yeah. it, it almost sounded i didn't know that it's was hard to do stuff. It, though, in the audio yeah book. but it almost felt like that's what he was doing because he was yeah. listening and speaking quite slowly and i thought it's almost like he's reading off a list or something yeah it's the end of the chapter he does that yeah yeah, yeah so it's bro even even to that like that little detail he doesn't say if you said this you're wrong yeah he says if you said this then we're in I'm disagreement agreement yeah 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 it's the little details he really, I think he really like made this whole book just revolve around the idea, and he, he, I think he was consistent with it as well, which I uh, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I didn't, uh, so he, he listed up all his successful case studies, mm-hmm. and he talked about his experiences in the past where it wasn't, um, well, he wasn't really aware of what he was, or how he was speaking, or whatever, and how that affected whoever he was speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, but uh, I, I didn't really get any ideas of where he was unsuccessful mm-hmm. during like when he was in that period where he, mm. he had that whole idea in there. Mm. So I, I feel like that would have been interesting to hear as well, but mm. we didn't get that, if you get what I mean. Mm. So we hear, heard all about his successes and how he got there, but we didn't hear about much of the negative side of things, which I don't know, man. Mm. I don't know how realistic it is to consistently do this, but yeah, obviously, like you said, there's there's, there's like caveats and different yeah. ways of doing it. Um, I was thinking also, like, how would you put any humour into that as well? Like, uh, it just sounded, like, so stiff to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's because possibly when you are putting humour, it can be condescending. <clears throat> it can be... The the empathy aspect of it can sort of get lost because yeah. you're maybe ridiculing... It's almost as if you're ridiculing the situation or whatever the other person's feeling. Because mm. um, that was... I, my go-to for any sort of awkward situation was Did to you. use humour and, and joke out of it. Do you think and that's then, immature? Huh? Do you think that's immature? I think it is, but I, I still do that with my father. That's, that's how I got over my anxiety sort of aspect of speaking to my father. Is whenever he speaks to me about something, I start making jokes, and, I'm, and then I, I consciously know that I am, but I kind of figure out how to do it. Yeah. And then when I do try and do the serious thing, like I remember once like there was something really serious going on in the family, and I thought I have to go speak to him like a, and he just couldn't, he didn't, it didn't connect with him because he just thought he's used to your yeah. He thought I'm just you know I'm not serious enough, so he can't take me seriously anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, you know, it, it carries over into other relationships as well. When you're joking around too much, then when you do need to be serious, it's very difficult to sort of pull, yeah. pull it off. Yeah. Uh, and that might be why he never went down that road. You think that's genuinely immature, though? What to actually to have that as a, as a default response? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, to act, do you think it's immature to, yeah, to, to go down that road every time there's a tense situation? depends what your idea of mature, maturity is. I think it's immature in, in terms of your uh, communication skills. Mm. It doesn't mean you're immature as a person. But if your communication skills are immature, then I think that's the easy route to go down is to deal with awkwardness um, or anxiety with humour. I think it's the common go-to thing. 
Mm. But if you were more developed in your communication skills, you would have other like cards to play, if you like. So what, what kind of cards would you suggest then? What would be your go-to, for example, in your business, any time situations you've been in, mm. how would you deal with it? Well, I think it's the um, empathy element again, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It's so what it he's around, saying in the book. Because it's, I'm trying to think of a, an example. Uh, for example, I wanted my wife to do something. Actually, this happened on the drive here. Like, I was... A lot of things happened on the drive here. Like, I always want to remind my wife not to do something. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> She's going to tell you off after Usually I'll tell her. Yeah, she can listen. Whatever. <laughs> usually I tell her... And then she she might not do it, right? She might not do it, whatever. So she's not really listening to me. And then she did it again on the drive to the car. It's something. It's like it's something small. It's nothing. Mm. But it's just a, a habit. Um, so I made a joke about it. I was like, "Oh, look at you!" You know what I mean? Like, and then uh, she got really offended because it was almost like I was ridiculing her, right? And this mm. is why I said that. But then, <laughs> rounding it off about the empathy thing, mm. it's about actually letting her know how that makes you feel, and then. Yeah. Because obviously you're in a relationship where you both care about each other, that actually opened up the door to, oh, this is how I'm making him feel. I don't want to do that. That isn't something I want to achieve. Didn't realise that my isolated action is actually causing this effect. Mm. And and that's Mm. it. That is a missing piece of the puzzle there. Mm. Um, But, you you know, you find that through trial and error. I think maybe, yeah, the book did help in the sense that it it sent me in that direction. Conscious. Yeah, this is it. It's about you finding your mode and your method of that's tailored to you of actually displaying what this book might promote or teach mm-hmm. uh, I wouldn't suggest I mean you never know but I wouldn't suggest that all of us are going to be able to speak the way he does but mm-hmm. that's because he's from a, a you know specific culture a specific bubble yeah. Yeah. and that's why what he's thinking comes out in that manner yeah. Yeah. it won't come out in that manner for everyone yeah. but we all need to find our own sort of yeah. way yeah. of going about exactly it. Yeah. empathy um, I'll, I'll say with me it's like all over the place sometimes it's very serious and then sometimes when my mom's like proper telling me off like I'll just hear her with jokes after jokes after jokes <laughs> yeah, after jokes really. yeah. yeah until like it's when you know it's, it's the point where like she's you know when she's mad mm. and then she's starting to calm down and she's talking to herself about all the time yeah. like oh, I did like in the kitchen on the yeah. way to the toilet mm. and then that's when like I hit her with like the jokes because I just find that like I don't know, it's it weird for me. It, isn't it? Because you it want them to crack it. a yeah, smile, yeah, yeah, and once yeah. they crack that smile, you know you're yeah. Then it's like, let's yeah. talk about it. Use of humour in that situation, I think, is different. What, what I was talking about was awkwardness. Mm. But, yeah, but yeah. in that sense, yeah, because sometimes you just need... Like, sometimes, like, is it, with her, it works in the sense that, like, she'll like laugh a bit and then it's like okay now let's, like, talk yeah. about, like, what I did in a different light of tone instead mm. of, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you guys deal with awkwardness then, as, as, as a general thing? Like, when you're, let's say you randomly meet someone and you're talking to them and they just... Well, let's talk about that guy way. outside just now. Yeah. That was quite awkward, right? <laughs> yeah, so I came up to Amin, I said, Amin, I'm a bit lost. He, he was going to come outside to find me, right? Yeah. So he comes out, I come out, I see him from a distance. I was like, oh yeah, that's Amin. I haven't seen him in two years, but I'm sure that's him. <laughs> two years? No, it was like five years. Yeah, I can see him talking crazy. to yeah, I can see him. I can see him talking to someone. And I was like, he's only just popped out to say, to look for me. So how is he already talking to somebody? And then as I got closer, the guy was sort of slouched back and, you know... Uh, oh, well. I think he was just having a coffee, wasn't he? Yeah, but, yeah he but offered from me far away, From far away, it didn't look like that. It just it looked like something else, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it looked like maybe he was, you know, some homeless guy or something or whatever. But alhamdulillah. And it was just a bit awkward. I think he was obviously requesting us to help him find a job. And I was like, I'm not from Brighton. I'm not from London. You're not from London. We can't really help him. Like, we don't yeah. really know anyone around here. Um, 
But, and at one point, I think he held your arm. You were yeah. going to say bye, and he was just yeah. holding on. Yeah. I think, I mean, he just froze. <laughs> so, <laughs> Bro, you know, he did. He yeah. was just like he this. Actually, hold your arm. Yeah, he was like, I, know, I he was shaking shake his him, hand. I went to shake oh. his hand to kind of signal like, I'm going. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I went, yeah, I went in for the handshake. I said, I've got an appointment. i got something. Um, and he, he actually, he shook my hand, but he pulled... Uh, my hand towards him okay. so now I've got to come close yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> holding him so then when I came close then it was like a bit more private and then he's telling me what he needs and he's like oh I need this I've, uh, he was giving you some non-violent yeah. communication yeah. That's, uh, right. that's what he was trying that's to that's why he came up you said you got, you got preoccupied yeah. or something yeah 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 but yeah, I think exactly. you you know from what my observation of that incident it's being patient and just mm. dealing with it hearing him out hearing yeah. him out and being patient not sort of like resisting mm. just okay this is going to end soon. I'm sure it will. And I think a lot of us do that when we're we're forced to be in a, an anxious situation or a situation that gives us anxiety. Mm. We sort of have to wait it out with patience, mm-hmm. and maybe we're sweating and thinking, "Oh my god, this is so awkward." But mm. I don't think anybody. There's few people that have like a, a flight response where they just, mm. "Okay, I need to leave." Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I think they put up with it. You know how I think I deal with awkwardness. Yeah, I actually. For a few years, I've been trying to train myself to, to be okay with awkwardness. Yeah. So if I'm, I recognize I'm in an awkward situation, I try and uh, let it. I try and sit in it. Yeah. I try and bathe in the awkwardness yeah. and see how much I can deal with it. Yeah. Like just as an exercise, right? But usually, what my uh, response would be is is to actually um, direct, uh, like hit it head on directly. So I might say it's awkward. I might just say it's yeah, awkward, yeah. and that helps uh, initially at least really? to diffuse things. Yeah. That's what I find at least. Yeah, sometimes it does help. I can't lie. Like when you say it's awkward, then the other person knows it's awkward. So yeah. then it's like you have something. You can to, even laugh out about yeah, it. To yeah, be exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, the most like the thing I find the most awkward is like praise. Mm. That oh, I freeze. Right. I'm like, oh, mm. like, do you give it back now? Mm. Is it forced if you give it back? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so I'm just like, I just like start talking about. That's oh, yeah. another thing where is how you raise it. If you're regularly praised by your parents or whoever mm. raised you, yeah. you think you'll take it a lot. Easy I think so. Just the mm. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't sure. think I was praised that I much as a kid. But, <laughs> yeah, and I was awkward at praise. Talk about after. <laughs> um, I was praised. Uh, I, I wasn't praised much, but that's why I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. But then, I, when I got a bit older, I realized if I just say "Alhamdulillah." That's yeah. like a good response because like yeah. it's uh, you can be comfortable. You say, yes, I did that thing, whatever you're praising me for. Mm, yeah. But it's like I didn't actually do it, you know, yeah. alhamdulillah kind of thing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's deflecting the uh, source of the good, mm. if you like. Because I think for me as well, it's like just saying alhamdulillah, thank you. For me, it's like it's not enough for mm. like the person... Like, okay, it doesn't like, feel finished. It doesn't, yeah. Like it sort of feels, sort of feels. No, it sort of feels like vain on my part. Like, oh yeah, thanks. Type of thing. That's like how it feels in my head. Like you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. hit that one. I'm like, yo, you're better. Something like, or something like that. Praise all the time because I haven't yeah. even thought about this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, another thing that he was doing regularly was quoting other people um, in terms of um, 
just other pieces, other sources of inspiration. Mm. Um, one of them caught my eye was this guy called Dan Greenberg, a book called How to Make Yourself Miserable. I feel like I'm going to read that next. Mm. How book. to Make Yourself What? Miserable. Miserable, yeah? yeah. Miserable. Okay. I don't remember that. Uh, it, was, it was early in. Okay. It was yeah. early on. In the book, right, okay. Yeah, it was basically, he was talking about everything that you can do to make yourself miserable. Right. Um, and he was giving examples mm. like comparing yourself. Mm. Okay, oh, yes, right, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's... Mm. That, I, that, I feel like I want to put that Interesting. On my, my book list next mm. to read as well. Mm. Uh, he said like it's a humorous book mm. um, where he's he's telling you what to do to make yourself miserable. And right. Obviously, that's you learn from the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And he's talking about he, mm. there was a session where mm. a bunch of people got told to just uh, look at these um, physically good-looking people and then compare themselves to them. How does that make you feel? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and then I think another person, it was, it was Mozart or something, like, I don't know, it was one, some kind of artist that he'd done a lot in his career and that was like by the age of 20. Yeah, when he was like, compare yourselves <laughs> and see how you feel about that. And like, they all did it and like, they all knew how they would feel and mm. then it's a nice way of learning things, I guess, when you're conscious about it and mm. it's kind of a protected environment as well. And like, you're all together, you're all dealing with it. So he listed a lot of sources that were quite interesting. So um, I love a well-researched book, and I feel like he done that as well, pretty well. Okay. Um, I feel like I've read some other self-help books where it, it just sounded like it was just purely based on experience, and yeah. I, 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 I don't know, I don't respect those as much. Mm. Would you yeah. call this a self-help book? Yeah, I would. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because it's like for me, I didn't. I, I saw it as a, I guess, in a separate category. I guess because he's got that PhD after his name, <laughs> it makes <laughs> a difference. It felt a little bit more academic yeah. than a self-help book. But like you sort of brought it yeah. to a science and like, that's yeah. how like, yeah. this equals this mm. and this equals that. I didn't even notice the references, by the way. But what was he referencing? Like uh, psychology books or something like that? Just like, he did a lot of um, studies. He referenced yeah, a lot of studies. Right. studies okay. quite a, lot. a few books yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, I took some notes, but not too much. Yeah, okay. Like I said, I didn't finish it yet, so okay. I've been a bit busy. There. I think it's, it's mm. because he puts the focus on communication itself that allows yeah. you to just be conscious of your own communication as opposed to... I haven't read any self-help books, but when I do put in like stuff like that on YouTube, it just seems to be like empty motivational stuff yeah. where it's like, oh, just you know, get up and do it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Honest, because it doesn't it doesn't teach me anything yeah. but stuff like this it just opens the opportunity for me to be critical of my own behavior and mm. i think that's yeah. something that if i look back i've only started doing the past three years mm. is actually critically analyzing mm-hmm. how i behave mm. and then borrowing elements from you know what i've learned like this book or other books mm. on um, oh my behavior is leading me down this and this is why these things happen it's because yes. my behavior is like this i need to manage my mindset you know i think that's part of the reason why we even started mind ice in a sense because we were it's all to me at least it's all about mindset management it's all about how we navigate through you know the world and we're borrowing ideas from wherever we can you know Mm how do you come up with the name we came up with we were going back and forth a lot i think you came up with it i think i did yeah and i saw it i was like that's so different it's so weird i like the concept like we're really we're robbing your mind, and I was like, yeah, let's go well, with it. But this is the thing: it might not even be us. It might be yeah. like there's there's stuff out there that's you know influencing yeah influencing yeah, you and influencing yeah. your mind. So you don't remember where you got it from? Uh, I feel I like you mentioned it before. Actually, I think you referenced it from somewhere. Oh, oh. yeah, I think it's something to do with Inception or something. There was yeah, a film. Inception, I think it might be yeah, but it was in the back of my head for some reason. But I, I put oh. it into the podcast mm. app. Mind yeah. ice in case anyone else had it. I thought, oh, no one's got it. That's ours. We'll have yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 
So what do you come up with topics on the good and all? I mean does. I mean's job. I, I think know. I got like a list of them. Yeah, I got like no, just like two or three. Okay. And then when we when we start just before we press record, I'm like, which one do you want? Yeah, yeah, we don't really <laughs> and then, we don't research anything. Not really. No, because what we'll do is we'll pick it there and then and then I'll be like, Bro, give me like sixty seconds, I'll write some bullet points. Okay. Um, just prompts, you know, in case we... Because, you know, yeah. sometimes on podcasts there's an like, awkward silence where you're mm. like, uh, what do we go to next? Yeah. So I want to avoid that, so I have prompts, and then that's about it. Mm. So another point of discussion was like being more precise and concise with the language. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the big things I, sh- I struggle with because mm. there was a period where I wasn't talking at all. And mm. when I started talking, it was like the opposite mm. to the, like mm. I guess like you're just... Not used to the balance of it, okay. um, and I would also speak in very vague terms, and I would, oh. I would speak too fast. Even from the first few podcasts that we've done, now I'm trying to speak a bit more mm. uh, stable. I would say, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was talking about that as one of the key factor, like how much like words can affect us. And, yeah, like they really do. Like mm. nowadays, like would you like if you take a fall, you you would, you would mind that. But if someone like says something really hurtful, you would actually be thinking about it all day. Like mm. I don't know mm. if that's just me, but mm. sticks and stones make break my bones. But what's really? hurt me is yeah. absolutely nonsense. Really? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I could take pain, like physical pain, but. Yeah, really? sometimes I'll like, for example, in my job, it's an IT support role, um, and I, I commu- I'm talking to people like every day, and uh, sometimes I'll, someone will just be like really irritable for no reason, and I'm like trying to calm them down, yeah. trying to be like, mm-hmm. really passive. And sometimes I'll just like be aggressive with them, and, like, and I'll regret it after I try to calm it down, mm-hmm. but then I'll be thinking about it for the rest of the day, like, how could I hand- handle that better? And mm-hmm. but then I'm like, oh, they're just an idiot or whatever, like, oh, yeah, so. Sounds like you need some self-help books, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I'm in a good place so, now. So based on that, based on like your job and you're actually dealing with people day to day, what do you dealing think? Dealing with their problems. How is the book um, for that? I feel like I've been incorporating it naturally mm. because I generally want to help people solve their issues. Okay. That's part of my job mm. as well. So I generally want them to, help, yeah. to, to, to fix their issue. Yeah. yeah make them happy. Mm. And then when they do it and they, like, they thank me or whatever, I feel good about it as well. Right. So I've kind of been developing that myself and mm. like, I feel like I've, I, I've got to a point where I, I can talk about that naturally so a lot of the things were like oh I, I do that already in, in my job so mm. I kind of enjoyed that part of it because I can relate to mm. it a lot and that's why I, I made this point here because like I, I don't think people realise how important it is to be precise with the language and yeah. try mm. to avoid miscommunication I'm always telling this yeah. guy yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what do you mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that yourself <laughs> yeah. I think that that came into the part where he was talking about uh, you have to communicate what you want what yeah. your needs are yeah. and you have to be precise so he yeah. gave the example of I think he gave a few examples of married couples where she was saying um, I want him to listen to me, yeah. but that's not good enough. Like that's not clear. Like how will you know he's listening to you? What yeah. measures is that? Yeah. How? Yeah. Exactly. How do you measure it? How do you know he's being successful in that? Yeah. So yeah, that's. There was one woman that said, oh, "I wanted to stop spending so much time at work, and then he took time off and went to a golf tournament." Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 true. <laughs> I was like, man, <laughs> I would have meant that. But, yeah. So I feel like that's something that people need to practice, uh, including myself, of course. Um, so yeah, that's what I would just make a like. How do you how do you practice that? How do you practice becoming more precise and concise? You have to put yourself in an arena where you're going to be challenged with that all the time, um, and that's the thing we don't like. We don't like to we avoid that which we aren't good at. And it's like what you said earlier about um, was it anxiety or mm-hmm. awkward situations mm-hmm. where you you want to bathe in it. Yes, you know, yeah. um, and. You know, we were discussing before we were recording about you know my what nature of my work yeah. and 
maybe the nature of my work is violent communication, really. That's what I have to deal with, you know. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then the ch- you'd think the challenge is, how do I deal with non-stop aggression, you know, uh, maybe abuse, stuff like that, and not and go home every day feeling fine? Mm-hmm. And it's about just bathing in it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Once you bathe in it, you, do, you develop a, you either f- float or sink. And, you know, those ones that sort of stay with their head above water have developed a, sh- a sort of shell where you realise that these people, you know, maybe you're, the people that you're working to solve their problems, yeah. don't. you're not developing an attachment to them in the sense where you realise that actually their opinion doesn't really matter yeah. and they will say whatever and they don't know me and I know me and the people I love know me and as long as the people that I love and, you know, respect and the opinions I care about, they relatively, you know, respect me, that's fine. Um, but these people, they're just saying things that hold no weight. Mm. Um, it's the same when you're dealing with, you know, any sort of Islamophobia on the street or any sort of, you know, racism or anything, any negativity from complete strangers. They're, the only reason that it's bothering you is because you've given them that power. You've yeah. given them that agency to say, oh, what you've said is bothering me. You've, you've, you've really hurt mm. my feelings. Mm. It doesn't if you don't let it. You know, you're know, you only hurt if you want mm. to be hurt, mm. really and truthfully. The, the one part of this book I thought, I, I've come across in many books before, but I thought if, if people just took this one thing from the book, it would be worth the time invested in reading it. And that is that your, your response and your understanding and your interpretation of what people are saying to you is completely in your control. Yeah. And how, how, you, so you, how you choose to understand and also how you choose to communicate, yeah. that it's all in your control. That that alone, I think, is a big enough reason to read this book. Like, uh, that's like what you're talking about. Like, someone is hurling abuse at you, whatever. You can choose. It's it's your choice how to take that. Yeah. You can and and the way he suggests to deal with it in the book is to, um, instead of hearing the words they're saying, try and go deep and say what 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 do they need? Yeah. Right. They're just expressing in a very. Um, clumsy way um, a need they have right so they might be just venting okay so they they're frustrated so their need is to like to relax and to to get their issue solved or whatever so it's like they're just they're a victim basically that that's that's i think a big a big uh, mindset shift when it comes to dealing with people like that to see them as victims and he'd be like oh you know poor guy he, he he's frustrated, number one. Number two, he can't even express his frustration. Yeah. He's clumsy with it. Yeah. So it's like, how do I help him, you know, how do I understand what he needs, basically? Yeah. Okay, so unfortunately, we've run out of time. It's already here 45 minutes. Oh, wow. and, yeah, <laughs> I've got to be somewhere soon. So um, I'm going to stop the book discussion here. Um, but we can continue it on if you guys want to listen. Um, we're going to do the next half of the podcast on the Mind Heist podcast now. So we're going to take a little break for real quick and just charge up our batteries. And yeah, we'll be back very soon. So thank you very much for listening. This has been your boys from Inspire Reads, joined by the Mind Heist podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much for coming on. And I really enjoyed that discussion. Hopefully next time we'll have a bit longer. (laughs) But it's okay for now. So yeah, we'll be, um, yeah, listen to the Mind Heist podcast side of things and you'll hear us very soon as well goodbye goodbye (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening if you like this episode please leave a review comment like and subscribe all of that good stuff and follow us on our socials and a special thank you to Huda Television for providing the studio you got a dream you got to protect it people can't do something themselves they want to tell you you can't do it
You want something, go get it. Period.